welcome. Welcome to Semper Sometimes with Benny. Good evening, everybody. Tonight, we have a very special... Somebody that I've had on before, but I wanted to have him back again because... Just because. That's why. So, let's wait for him to hop on. My man! What up? Yo, it's always good to see your face, man. It's it. You just brighten up my day. How are you? Good, good. I'm here. Good. I'm ready. Let's to go. Talk about stuff. Yo, to talk about stuff. So, so listen, man. So the reason why I know that I hit you up really randomly and was like, "Hey, man, are you free on Thursday?" And you were like, "Yes," is because um, we've we've done like probably like two or three episodes by now, I think, <laughs> and we've had yeah. many conversations about this topic. But the reason why I wanted to have you back to talk about sobriety, to talk about you and your life um, is because I've had a lot of people actually reach out to me after listening to our episodes and they Mm. say that they identify with a lot of what you've been through and what you've gone through. Um, And I, and I've noticed that I've also haven't really dug too deep into some of our conversations. So I kind of wanted to just, you know, talk to you further about your, you know, your battle with sobriety, how, like not in, in like the beginning stages of it. Right. And I mm-hmm. say that because at this time, how, how long have you been sober now? Um, seven years, over seven years. So, so the, the question that I have, and this is why I wanted to bring, bring this up is because I recently did an episode with one of my good friends. Um, and he said that he's been battling with it for years and finally, this is the first time that he's been able to go 15 months without relapsing. Mm. And, and he said that there's been times before where he's gone a couple and stuff like that, but that it took him years to get to where he is now. So, like, when you were coming up and going through this battle, right, did you, did you have the same issue, like, th- that where you would go clean for a long time and then you would like have issues of like with stuff like that? Yeah. I think the longest that I went was a full year. Like I did a year before and then I went back to drinking. Like, I think the, the thing about like not truly believing you're an alcoholic is you convince yourself, you know, that um, this time it'll be different. You know, this time I'll just drink uh, a six pack and I'll stop. Mm -hmm. But most alcoholics can't do that. Like you drink a six pack and then you drive, you're you're driving buzz back to get more alcohol or mm-hmm. you know you find a way to get it um but yeah man i i went i knew that it was a problem but i would always convince myself to come back you know mm. um but yeah I, I went a year and i was like i did it you know yeah i i was like i feel better you know i could i could probably do this and i convinced myself to drink again um mm. and so yeah there would there would be times you know where i would tell myself like this is not the way to live. And inevitably I would come back, you know? So such, such a battle, man. I mean, constantly, constantly convincing yourself, you know, that you're okay. Um, that you've somehow you became smarter, but the thing is like, 
it's it's ingrained in you and you can't you can't turn the switch off um and you know no matter what you do you can't convince yourself you know you can't change the way that you drink your drinking habits are kind of a part of you at that point and you can't really convince someone that doesn't get it either you know yeah say me trying to explain to someone that's not an alcoholic is like yeah well they don't quite get it like what's what's wrong with you why can't you just stop yeah yeah i I get it (laughs) Yeah, I get that, and I and I and I and I can and I, I said this to him the other day is like, I found myself I understand what you're saying because it's like, it's people say oh I get it and it's like no unless you've been an alcoholic you don't get it, and like yeah. and it, and it's like so I I and I said this to him like there was a stage of my life where I was I was a serious alcoholic like there was and I didn't know it until it was over. Like I didn't know mm-hmm. that I did not know. And I, and I was in that stage that you're talking about where like, I didn't want to admit to myself that I was an alcoholic. I was like, Oh, it's not a problem. I'm like, I'm still working. I'm making my day go by. Life is completely fine. You know? And, yeah. and I thought that I was hiding it. And then finally my wife one day was like, you know, I know, right. My my wife was like, you know, that I know, like, she was yep. like, you know, like, she's like, I see the credit card statements. She's like, I see the, the she's like, you think you're hiding it, but you're not hiding it well. And, yep. and, and you that was it. the, th- you, yeah. to, you plan your day around it. Like, when's my next drink going to be? Yeah. You know, and like and it becomes your whole life. Bro. And that was like, for me, that was a huge part of it. And, you know, not going into too much detail, but like when I was, I had this job and the job that I had, I had my own time. I could do whatever I wanted. I made my own schedule. So I didn't have anybody on top of me. So me and my best friend would find ourselves at the bar all day long. And as long as we still met our requirements at the end of the day, no one cared where we were all day. Like as long as I had my stuff for tomorrow, no one cared where I was. So I would, we would spend, you know, and I remember one time it was 11 a.m., and we had just well, I, I'm sorry, I don't know, I don't know what time it was. I had just gotten to work, I left work, and we got to this. We went to this bar that we had to frequent, and um, I go to open the door, and it wouldn't open. And I was like, "What the hell?" I was like, "They're always open, you know, at this time." And then I get back in the car and I look at my buddy, and I'm like, "Dude, it's, they're not open." And he's like, "What do you mean they're not open?" And then we look at the, the time, and it was 9 a.m. <laughs> and I was just like, and the both yep. of us were just like, oh no, this is not, Crazy. this is not good. And, you know, and then like me and he, he had come over this past weekend and me and him were talking about it. He was visiting and he was in town and me and him were talking about it. He, he said the same thing. He was like, bro, I didn't realize how deeply we were in alcohol because it was just, it became a part of our life where we were doing it every single day. Yep. Like we were out, you know, until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And, and it was to the point where like, I was not at work. I was, I, I could go home, but instead of going home, I was going out to the bar with my buddies and I was, and I would tell my wife that I was stuck at work and she was like, Mm. Doug, I know you're at the bar. Or she would be like, Doug, I know you stopped at the bar. And then she'd be like, yeah. And, and, and it was just like, I, and then, you know, it just real. I realized it more and more and more when I started hitting one of my friends up and I was like, Hey man, can you meet me at so at this bar? And then he would be like, bro, I'm at work. And I'd be like, okay. And, 
And he'd be like, no, like, I can't leave work right now. I, like, so like I was, so I definitely understand, like I was there and it just, it makes me realize that like, I'm glad that I'm no longer there. And it also makes me realize that like, I'm glad that I was able to get out of it before it was far too gone. And I'm glad that I was able to realize it and be like, Hey dude, you need yeah. to stop. Um, because other people That's don't have like other people don't have that or they get too far gone with it. And, you know, like saying, and thankfully like my wife and, you know, I never got a DUI or anything like that. Like, thankfully like life, you know, God was watching out for me, but you know, so what were some of the things that made you realize like some of, I guess like the warning signs, like when did you realize like, bro, I have a problem. I mean, looking back, yeah, like looking back now, I never thought it was that bad until like probably like eight years in to like heavy drinking. You know, I kept convincing myself like I wasn't an alcoholic, but I mean, I I tried everything. There was a point where I was in the air force and I got a second job. So I had less time to drink. Like that was my Mm. reason to get a second job. So, I mean, I was, I think I was already working 12 hour shifts and then on all my off days, I was working another job. Um, just so I, you know, I was like, responsibility's got to be good. If I, if I have the second job, then, you know, it'll give me less time to drink. But then I just found mm-hmm. myself drinking even heavier, you know, in the little time that I had to drink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I tried it all, man. I was convinced, you know, that I could find a way to have it in my life, you know? So now what, how did, I'm sorry to interrupt you. How yeah. did you find yourself behind the bottle like or under the bottle or whatever or in the bottle whatever term we want to use like was it something that like you grew up around was it something that like you kind of were exposed to by the air force like how did you find yourself beginning to drink because like for myself like and this is why i i have an episode called alcoholism surrounds us is because for me i really never drank and got drunk until i became a marine when I became a Marine, it was like, okay, everybody drinks and gets drunk, and we don't just have That's one drink. Do. We have thousands of drinks. It's something that mm-hmm. we literally live through. So be- so for me, it became an identifier. Like It became yeah. something that yeah. I identified with. Like, okay, like I never liked alcohol, like liquor, but one of my best friends introduced me to Jameson, Jameson Picklebacks. So then I started taking Jameson Picklebacks, and then it became mm-hmm. this thing that we did together and then, you know, and now we started doing this and that. So it became something that I actually identified with. And so my question for you is, what was it? Like, was there a defining moment or something that, like, you kind of realized, like, this is what sparked my alcoholism? Or was it just something, like, that slowly happened? Like, um, Yeah, I think it's something that kind of slowly happened. I started um, drinking in high school, you know, like partying high school parties, um, you know, feeling like, I think there's always like an underlying thought, you know, like feeling misunderstood, feeling left out, feeling, you know, alone, whatever it may be for, you know, whatever person that's drinking, I think it's different. But for me, I always felt not a part of my own life and um, not a part of my family and not a part Mm. of you know, what was going on. I didn't understand, like, even my own faith. Like, I kind of felt Mm. like I didn't really understand it. And so I had to 
you know, go out and experience things the hard way and see why, you know, faith was so important. But mm -hmm. yeah, I always felt kind of like I didn't get it. Like completely mm -hmm. felt just alone. I mean, mm -hmm. even, even with having three brothers, like, you know, in a family that didn't really talk like that, you know what I mean? Like we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm sure that was a big factor, you know, that was like my escape um, from feeling those things when I was so young. Like, mm -hmm. why, why is a 16 year old feeling so lost and confused? And why is a 17 year old getting pulled over? I was pulled over the first time drunk, 17 years old. Oh, so, wow. I mean, yeah. I like left. I was at a little party at my friend's house and I drove home. I don't even remember what it was for, but I drove home and then on the way back to his house, I got pulled over and the cop luckily just followed me back to my friend's house and said, you're, you mm -hmm. know, you stay in here. And I said, you know, yes, sir. And then that was it. But man, that could have been a tough hit early on. And, you know, that was also like, well, I can get away with doing this stuff too. So it also yeah. almost made me feel like, oh, I'm kind yeah. of like invincible. Yeah, so dude. And that's like, yeah, that's how it was for me, too, because I started drinking probably like I'd say I probably started smoking pot at like 10. And then I was drinking at like 10, like 10, 11, 12 years old. Like I started was when I started drinking like we were, you know, because in Brooklyn, like so there was this place. <laughs> so there was this um, grocery store and they had like, you know, how like in the cities you have the the metal the ground that opens up like this i don't know if you've yeah so yep. they had so we found out that in this little thing that that's where all the alcohol was stored in this grocery store and we noticed that the trucks Man. would come and drop it at a certain time and so when they would drop it we would have a lookout and then we would go down and we would steal it all and then we would run to the closest park and then we would drink and for the longest time, like we never got caught, like we all went to the same. And, and even if we did, like living in Brooklyn, like the cops would come, they'd pull up to the football field and like any movie, like Dazed and Confused, they'd be like, hey, everybody drop the alcohol, go home. And then and like 20, 30 minutes later, we'd all come right back and resume activity. And that was it. Like it was a normal thing. So we would yeah. all like, and, and I, this is how I grew up, like like up and from like 12 to 17. Like that's what I was doing. Um, and smoking and, you know, and chilling with my buddies. And but I kind of felt the same way, but I, I, I had an older brother and an older sister. My older brother had lived in Vermont, so he was no longer in the picture. And then my older sister, she was living and doing her own things with her friends and stuff. So I really didn't have any close. I, I didn't have any family that was I was close to. So I was finding, yeah. you know, confidence in my friends and hanging out with them and they were all older and they were all, you know, boozing and all that stuff. But the same thing I, I find. And, you know, and then when I moved out here to Jersey, um, I went out one night. It was the first time I ever went out with a group of kids and we were hanging out in this basketball court and we were getting just wrecked. And this kid is hanging out on the basketball court and he's drinking. And all of a sudden this guy walks by with his dog and my buddy, this kid, Richie, he's like, bro, it's the cops. It's the cops. And I'm like, dude, it's a guy walking to the dog. Relax. And then all of a sudden, we see these lights flash. And it's the cops. And we all start getting chased after. 
and um, we all end up getting arrested. And I get arrested. I'm in the back of the cop car, and I'm like, "Bro, this would never happen in Brooklyn." And the cop is just like, "You're right." And and then I go back to I go I get back to the to the to the precinct, and I was the only one that was 18. The rest of my friends were 17. They were going to charge me with like all of this stuff, like transporting alcohol. I was like, I don't have a driver's license or a car. And then then they wanted to give me a a fine for like two thousand dollars. I had just joined the Marine Corps, so I was about to go to boot camp. Luckily, my my someone someone was looking after me. Um, but the same thing, you know, I started to think about the same thing. I was like, wow, you know what? Like, I, I'm invincible. Like, I can just go out and drink. I can do whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. And then I joined the Marine Corps, and everybody's drinking. And I'm just like, oh, like this is what life is as an adult. Back at it. Alcohol. Yep. So. So. Yep. It's crazy. So. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean. I think a lot of a lot of us have gone through the same the same thing, you know. It's it's a different story, but it's a very similar situation um, where we get lost for many years to whatever substance it may be, and hopefully we make it out. Hopefully we make it out mm-hmm. alive. Hopefully we find our way back to you know our beliefs and you know live an actual life where we can understand you know people around us and understand that people care about us and, and love us, but. A lot of the time, man, I mean, I've lost friends that never, never got to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, when it, one of my good friends died in a, in a drunk driving crash in high school, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, I'm lucky I made, made it out. And that's why it's like always been so important for me to talk about that stuff because I, I shouldn't be here either. And I tried yeah. to take my own life, you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm just, I'm just grateful now. And that's why I'm yeah. Like, let's, let's talk about it yeah and it's so true because i was thinking about that recently too that like like i have a friend that i grew up with this kid mike mike snedden um i was very very we went we went from literally hanging out all the time all these summers to like all of a sudden i hadn't heard from him and then he went and got into harder drugs and we found out he was dead and 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 on a train on like on on the train tracks he just got he passed out from doing drugs and then fell into the train tracks and then died um and then a couple of years later one of my one of my best friends that i grew up with same thing overdosed on drugs um and it's and what's even crazier is i have one of my one of my very best friends he he when we were younger would never do any drugs he wouldn't draw he wouldn't even smoke a cigarette he wouldn't smoke a cigarette he wouldn't touch alcohol he wouldn't nothing and he was like the most straight edge kid ever and then all of a sudden and everybody would always peer pressure him everyone always be like bro just do it just do it and he would be like no he would just be like no he would just stick to his guns wouldn't do it and then all of a sudden, like, I think, like, our senior year of high school, he just started slowly smoke. I started off, oh, I'm going to smoke pot. And then now he's, you know, all he does is smoke. All he does is drink. All he does is this. And it's just like, and it's like, bro. And I, I still, to this day, I still try to witness to him and just talk to him and be like, bro, like, you don't always have to be on something. Like, what's going on? Like, what, what are you doing? Because, like, he's lost jobs. He's lost. Oh, yeah homes he's lost houses he's lost friends he's lost communication even there was a time where me and him didn't speak for three years because he was at my house and he robbed my neighbor 
Like he was in my like dude, he was sitting in my mm-hmm. living room. He was sitting in my living room and my best friend said to me, came into my room because they were both sleeping on the couch. Like we had just got done chilling. Like, we're just whatever. And my boy comes to my room and knocks on my door and he's like, Hey dude, you gotta come out here. And I'm like, Okay. So I come out and I'm like, What's going on? And he's like, dude, so and so just broke into the cars outside in the parking lot. I'm like, What? And he's like, yeah, dude, he's cherry picking all the cars in your parking lot. And he just stole all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, why are you doing that? And I had to get I literally was like, bro, go put it back. Like, go put it all back. Like, what the hell are you doing? And it was and it was just because like, oh, to get money or to do this. And like the other day I was talking to my buddy uh, Matt on the podcast. And he said that at one point he had thirty thousand dollars of tools. He was working on a job. And he had like over $30,000 worth of tools for his company that he was working for in the union. And he needed drugs. So he ended up selling it for $2,500. And I was like, bro. And he was like, dude, he's like, I've been in some bad places, man. And he's like, yeah. And some places people will never know about because he's like, dude, the things that I've done to, to get a fix or to get, yep. you know, anything. Just he's like, of, yep. yeah. And it's, and it's it's just crazy, you know, because like, even now I see it. Like, I see guys, like, when I'm on the way to the gym, I see guys that are walking into the liquor store at 9 a.m. And I'm just like, wow. But then at the same time, I'm like, bro, at one point in my life, that was me too. I was like, you know what? Yep. Like, I, and, and that's the thing is that, like, I think that Every with day. conversations. Yeah. And I, I think that with, like, conversations like this, you know, and letting people know, like, hey, man, you're not alone. Like, you know, I had a buddy of mine that I went to Afghanistan reach out to me. I haven't talked to this dude in 10 years. And he Facebook messaged me and he was like, hey, bro, I've been listening to your podcast. And, you know, I, I, thank you so much for talking about the alcoholism because that's me. He was like, I've been dealing with alcoholism for since Afghanistan. And I, I don't know who to talk to or how to get the help. So I wouldn't be surprised if half half the veterans were alcoholics. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. That's that's just the culture. You know, we we show up and we work real hard and, and we party real hard. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, ton of us get caught in, in the the trap of alcoholism. And we're constantly drinking and we don't think we have a problem. And we can stop, you know, enough to go to work and maybe show mm-hmm. up, you know, hungover or still halfway drunk, you mm-hmm. know, enough to just skim by. But, man. And and that's Rough. the thing too is as long as you're doing your job, no one really cares. Like if your job's yeah. getting done yeah. and you gotta, you know, you have good scores and your your evaluations are good, like no one no one cares. Most people probably know you are. They're like, oh yeah, so and so's got. Like I, I worked yep. with a guy who had a bottle of you know liquor in his desk. He was like, oh yeah, every day before I leave the office, take a shot. And I'm <laughs> and I and you know it was just like hey <laughs> like, but you know Man. some some of. So now, Good thing I didn't have a desk. <laughs> right? But so another question for you really is just like you – so I remember we had had this conversation before. Like you had already had a faith, right? But you kind of fell back from it. You you got lost. You got got stagnant. And then God pulled you back and said, you know, he, he, he brought you back to the fold, right? Mm, what do yeah. you think is, you know, a lot of people that don't have a faith – and then find themselves having this newfound faith because people, you know, a lot of people, you know, like you go to AA and now all of a sudden you're, you're spiritual, but you're not a Christian 
Like you believe that there's a higher power, but like, so mm-hmm. what advice do you have for somebody who's trying to understand, okay, how do I get away from alcoholism and have a healthy habit? Because what I find is that a lot of people just go from alcoholism to a different addiction. I mean, any, well, I wouldn't say any, but just about any other addiction is better than drugs or alcohol. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I got addicted to the gym. I got addicted to eat candy. I think that was also just a part (laughs) of like, you know, not having the the sugar alcohol Mm -hmm. in your system. You're like, you're craving sweets all the time. That was just a part of it. But man, I've always loved candy, but Mm -hmm. um, any any addiction is better. I mean, get, get in shape, find anything to fill that time. Um, you know, obviously I have plenty of, um, examples. I mean, music, video games, uh, Pokemon. That, Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is, nerd out on some, some of your childhood things, um, go back and, and relive, you know, your favorite video games. You can't get, I mean, if, as long as you're not drinking and doing that, um, you can find anything to do in this world. I mean, go travel, go see things you wanted to see, but have been too drunk to do, you know, there, there are millions of things you can do. Yeah. You know, find, find whatever it may be that, you know, I I always try to ask myself, like, is this action going to make me the person that I want to be? Is this, is doing this, like is picking up that bottle going to make me who I want to be? No. Is yeah. working on music going to make me that person? Likely. Uh, is picking up the Bible? I mean, if yeah, if they're not, you know, into faith or whatever, there are many things you can, many books you can pick up and read. I mean, self help books. There's mm-hmm. a book called uh, The Happiness Trap that I read when I was in rehab that helped me a whole lot with. Mm. I mean, just the way that I think, the way that you know, I I believed all my thoughts. You know, you you get caught in your head. I mean, most yeah. um, addicts and alcoholics get so caught in their own thoughts and they believe everything yeah. that they think. And it kind of like helped me to kind of like take control of my thoughts and realize like, mm. I'm, I'm sick in the way that I think isn't right. So I need to like question my thoughts yeah, um, and, and try to like rebuild the way that you think. Um, but yeah, mm. that's, that's one question um, that you can ask yourself with anything you're going to do. Like is doing this going to help me be, the person I'll be proud to be. Um, and yeah. you know, that's, that's one question always that you can ask yourself. Yeah. And that's, and that's something that you bring up, man, that me and my boy, Matt, were talking about. Um, he brought that up too. He was just like, bro, I get so lost in my own thoughts. And he was like, that's why it was so easy for me to get back on the wagon and mm-hmm. just, just start to, he was like, because I, I he's like, I, anxiety gets in my head and he's like, I call, and he's like, I, I create these thoughts in my yep. head of situations that are going to happen that may never happen. He's Same. like, they could never happen, the worst, but he's the like, bro, but I will make it out. I will make a whole elaborate story about how this is going to happen and about how this is going to happen. And I have all these horrible fears. So then I just turn to the bottle or, or I, or I turn yeah. to, you know, a drug or whatever it is. That's, and, that's some kind of a, a strange defense mechanism that we think, you know, if we think of the worst possible thing, um, that can happen that we can be ready for it. You know what I mean? But man, that stuff will, there's like a 1% chance that any of that stuff will ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I recommend that book, the happiness trap. Um, you can get it on Amazon. It it definitely changed my life. I mean, when I was mm-hmm. in rehab and I was like, nothing that I was thinking was 
making any sense that really helped me to like really reprogram the way that I was thinking because obviously if we're we're stuck in that and that's the only thing we know and we're so used to like creating negative um, scenarios and negative things that's all we're going to accept is negative things and mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to change our life for the better so man yeah, yeah I recommend that book The Happiness Trap um, big one that's a big book Wow. Okay. What, what do you find? So as you were, you know, on this journey of sobriety, how did you, I know that you were talking about like finding new things to do or finding new hobbies to do and stuff like that. But like, what was going, like, did you find that you ended up, you know, did you return to prayer a lot? Did you return to like getting back into the word and stuff like that? Because like, I'm clearly like there was times where you were like, bro, I need to drink. So like was yeah. like when that when the de when the devil or the demon or the enemy, you know, as your albums are called, um, was coming at you, like what were you doing to fortify your mind from returning to that? And what do you do now to fortify mm -hmm. your mind? It's it's like they say, keep your uh friends close, keep your enemies closer. That's that's another reason I don't like to get too far away from um, remembering all that stuff. That's why I constantly talk about all the struggles and all the hard times, because I, I don't want to forget because if I forget, mm. then I'll convince myself, you know, Oh, I can, I can probably have a drink and be fine. So um, I, yeah, I like to stay close to that. I think that's why AA is so successful for many people is because they get to see new faces coming in all the time into, mm -hmm. into those rooms. And they're reminded constantly that, Oh, this person is struggling. This person is struggling. Constantly seeing new people struggling. That lives are falling apart, and I think that's why it's so successful because they get to see it. It's fresh. You know, they can yeah. be twenty years sober, but they're constantly reminded of. You know, they see all these broken people walking in, and and mm -hmm. that's you know that's why I like to keep that in the conversation because if I forget and, mm -hmm. and I let myself, um, you know, act like everything is cool, then I will likely slip up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so. that's and that's exactly what my buddy was talking about, because he was saying that, too. He was like, I had asked him that question. I was like, now that you've been, you know, sober for 15 months and you're, you know, moving on this path, I was like, because the thing is, is that I can never get a hold of him. Right. Mm -hmm. And I told him this the other day. I was like, bro, I want you. And he apologized. Right. So I was trying to get him on, on the, in the house for six months and he kept rescheduling on me. And then finally he showed up to my house and I looked at him and I was like, listen to me. I was like, Matt, I do not care that I haven't been able to get a hold of you for six months. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, Matt, you've been going to meetings. You've been helping people. You've been changing people's lives. You got a job. Yeah. I was like, bro, I don't care. I was like, if you being Especially a better person. Good. Yeah. I was like, bro, if you, if you being a better person means you don't, you're just too busy to hang out with me, then I, I'm completely okay with that. Because now he's living this different life where he's helping people. He's picking up people to bring them to here. He's picking up people to bring them to here. He's cooking people meals. He's, you know, going to, to rehabs to talk to people. Now he's become a, a, not like a motivational speaker, but he tells his story where he, you know, lets people know, like, hey, this is where I was at. Don't go there. Um, so now, so I was telling him that. I was like, bro, like, I'm completely okay if you don't hit me up. Because I, if as long as I, if you tell me, hey, I'm busy, I know why you're busy. Like you don't gotta tell mm. me what's going on. But I was like, but it's yeah, just, an, it's a blessing. Yeah, it's a blessing 
to know that. Like, and he was like, yo, I'm sorry that I wasn't there when the baby was born. He was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, bro, I'm not mad at you. I was like, you need, that's what you need to be doing is because now he's returning. And that's what he said to me was that for him, he's like, I've realized that instead of being drowned in alcohol and addiction, he was like, I just need to return grace to people. He was like, so every day, multiple times a day, I'm just doing something nice for somebody. He was like, that's all I'm doing. He's like, I'm just constantly be, helping know, his, people. His new addiction is taking care of people. I mean, yeah. any any other, you can, it doesn't have to be an addiction, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like you're, you're filling your time with positivity and, and giving back. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's also part of AA is like doing things for others and, you know, being, being of service as they say. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, that's huge. I mean, realizing like you spent so much time focusing on just yourself that all this time that you created for alcohol, you can give to someone else and help someone else at a, and in that dark place. So. And it's, it's, and it's Props. so true. Yeah. And it's so true because like I was, me and him were, t I was telling him this too. I was like, bro, I don't know how many hours or days upon days that like, I just don't remember. Like, I don't remember like, how many Years. times have you been drunk? where you just yeah. don't remember the whole day and you're just like, wow, what did I do today? And then you wake up and you're just like, what, what did we even do? And then you're like, Oh, I don't know. And it's like, you know, it's that thing where it's just like, is it really like, I remember this and my wife got my kid mad at me for telling this, but it's disgust. Like it's, it's, it's something that like, I remember it and it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. So I hung out with my, we went to, we went upstate to see my friends and we were upstate and, we got like an exuberant amount of alcohol and we got like, I faced a 30 pack to myself. We were, we were doing, we were, we were riding on like ATVs and quads and dirt bikes and just shooting and doing all this stuff. And we were just spending the day drinking. So I ended up drinking like by, by 2 AM, we had started drinking at like, I think like 10 AM by like 2 AM. I had been, I was just done and we go to bed and my friend's mother had set up um, an air mattress on the floor in the basement. And we, me and my wife, we go to where we're dating. Um, we may have been married. I'm not sure. But we were, so we were, you know, we fall asleep on this air mattress. And we wake up at 5 a.m. And my wife is screaming. She's like, Doug, what the heck are you doing? What the hell? What the hell? And I'm like, mm. what? And I wake up and the whole entire air mattress was submerged in my piss. And I literally just pissed this air mattress. My wife is soaking piss. I'm soaking yep. in piss. The blanket, the and my my friends, my best friend's mother's linens were all just soaked in urine. So then I'm like, okay, we're just gonna put it in the wash. It's 5 a.m. We're gonna start the wash. We're gonna it's gonna be fine. So then they wake up. My wife, my friend's mother wakes up and she's just like, why is the laundry on? And we think of like some stupid thing where I'm like, oh, I dropped beer on, I dropped beer on the blanket and I wanted to take care of it so you wouldn't have to. So then later on that day when it was, you know, now she was like, oh, well, I don't dry them. I put it on the, on the clothesline. So she puts it outside on the clothesline and it's literally a clear pee stain. And now I'm like, and my, my girl, my wife is, she's ashamed. Yeah, and oh. she's ashamed, and it was just like, bro, like, and, and like, 
And it's just like, bro, those are times that people live. And then we, 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 we say they're quote unquote funny. And it's just like, no, it's just like, bro, that's, it's pathetic. Like it's pathetic that you allowed yourself to get to that point. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes you just, you're so far gone that you don't even know that you don't even remember that. Or people are like, Oh, remember that time. And you're like, I didn't know that happened. Man, you know, I've done that. You know, I've done that. Um, Man, more times than I like to admit. Uh, falling asleep on like old friends' couches and waking up and peed all over their couch, and my my other friend is like cleaning it up for me. And I've I've been a wreck, so don't even be embarrassed. I've done that so many times. Like, have it had to get rid of mattresses, and I mean, embarrassingly gross. And yeah, still yeah, and it's. Huh? Oh well, just get another drink, whatever. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's it's insane, you know, the things that we will go through and convince ourselves that we're still fine. Um and it's and it's really sad, like when people ask me, like, tell me a military story. I can hardly remember any of my twenties. I mean, I spent every free moment I had drunk. And yeah. I mean it's it's sad because like tell me about this. And I mean, I could tell you like things about my deployments cause you can't let drink yeah. overseas, yeah. but you were forced to be that, sober. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it was like yeah. good for me to, to deploy, you know, I was like the, mm-hmm. the healthiest time for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's so, but, yeah. And that's, but that's so true though. Like when you think about that is like when you ask people quite a lot of times, like you're, they're just like, Oh, I don't remember. Like, yeah, because oh, what did you do when you weren't at work? Oh, I was drinking. What did you do? you know when you weren't on duty oh i was drinking what did you do as soon as 4 30 hit i was drinking you yeah. know and it's just like and even like now like i have i have an uncle um who i i remember over the summer well, last summer we went to visit and um he already has he's had his hips replaced and he's a dr- like alcoholic like by drunk like i mean yeah. drunk like he'll face a 30 pack and a bottle of Jack Daniels, clean it off and still go. And um, so he, they, they were painting the house and my old, my other uncle, his brother says to me, he's like, Hey, watch uncle, uncle or Gary on the scaffolding. And I'm like, first of all, dude, you're 65. You're, like, you're in your sixties. Why are you on scaffolding with two hips and drunk? <laughs> And drunk. Yeah. So we're, we're, me and my dad, me and my wife were sitting in the, on the porch. And then all of a sudden, we just hear, gong, 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 gong. so I run outside and my uncle just fell through the scaffolding from the, fir- from the second floor. And he's just laying there on the ground. And he gets up. Man. And he, as I'm trying to help him up, pushes me away. And he's like, leave me alone. And he goes into the porch. He grabs his bottle of Jack, and he starts chugging it. And I'm and I'm just sitting like I'm just like bro, like yeah. what? I'm just like, dude, what is going on? And that and like and that was the, the thing mess. is that like yeah yeah and like then he was telling us a story about how he had gotten a ride into town because he had to go grocery shopping, so he got a ride. He hitchhiked into town, and he found himself at the liquor store or at the bar. And then he found like a shooter 
of some drink and he was like yeah the shooter saved me and he was like i was about to drink it and then i didn't and somebody gave me a ride home and it, and i'm just like i'm like bro like i've i'm 31 years old and i've never met this man not drunk like i've it's never sad. had a so i've never had a sober conversation with him um and it's just and it's just it's crazy because he you know like and and he's he's a uh, I don't know what era he is in the army, but he won't talk about his army stories at all. He mm. won't even he will not speak about it. He yeah. literally like to me if we're hanging out in the back porch, like he'll bring up like a story, but it'll be the same story he's told me ten times. It won't be anything new. So it's either he doesn't remember his service at all, or that's the only one Likely. story he's okay with telling. Like I don't know which one it is, but it's just probably, like probably but both. I, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, and that's why, like, I'm so glad, though, that, like, I was able to say, you know what, I don't want to become an alcoholic, like, with smoking cigarettes, like, I don't really smoke anymore, because I realized that, like, okay, I know that it's not going to bring anything good to me, I need to just be done with it, the alcohol, luckily enough, like, I can have a beer and be fine, but now I'm at the point where, like, I've thought recently more so that maybe I might as well just give it all up, just because there's no reason and even, like, like why have just one like what's the point that's the kind of where i'm at with my life um and also like i don't want to be in a a hindrance to anyone else that is going through it too you know what i mean so like because i have it in the house or stuff like that like my buddy matt came over and i had a seltzer and you know i it's like but but would i drink a seltzer if it wasn't him well then maybe i shouldn't be drinking at all like those are some of the you know what i mean like some of the thoughts that i'm like if I wouldn't do it in front of him, then why would I do it in front of anybody? And it's like, well, maybe I should just shouldn't do it at all because really, what is it doing for me? You know, nothing at but, all. <laughs> yeah, but the, and that's the truth too. Is like the amount of money that you're spending on it, and the amount. It's like, and then so like so. What were some of so currently now? What are some of the things that you do to just fortify yourself? Like, I know definitely with the rapping, that's definitely something that you do. But like, what I are mean, what are yeah. some of the things that you do to? And I know your your wife is a pivotal part of of your journey as well. Mm-hmm. She would she wouldn't have it, so <laughs> couldn't even think about trying anything sneaky. No, um, yeah, anything anything in the world. You know, I I do a lot of working out. I'm, I make a lot of music. I still play video games because I'm a, I'm a dork like that. I still play with Pokemon cards, um, whatever it may be, take my dog for a walk, go on a hike, um, anything, anything but that. Read the Bible. I don't read a lot of books, but we we actually been doing a a podcast, uh, the Bible in a Year podcast. So we've been doing that every day, Um, every morning we get up and we start with that. So, I mean, that's always a good way to start. Yeah, so that's that's pretty cool, Um, reading about how broken – people were even back then, you know, I mean, nothing mm. has, has really changed, you know, people are broken and they need Jesus. <laughs> there you go. That's life. Um, Bro, yeah. and I think, and yeah. And I, and I think that's like a huge thing for me is that like, you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but that's what, that's what it is, is that you're, you're searching for something to fill this void and you don't know what that void is and you're constantly searching for it. And yep. 
the answer is it's God, it's Jesus, right? And a lot of people don't want to realize that. And especially, I think, for people like, and I don't know if it's like, I don't want to say it's harder for people like us, but like you said earlier on in other episodes that like you grew up in the faith and you knew what it was. But then you went on this like tirade of life to just get away from it and figure out what this, like everyone tells you from a young age, like, hey, don't sin. And you're like, okay, well, what does that even look like? What does that mean? Right. So then you, you went gotta, on this you tirade. Saved. Yeah, like saved from what? So now you went on this tirade of like, okay, well, what do I got to be saved from? So like, I, I and that's the thing is like, I think like, I think sometimes like having grown up in the church and knowing it at an early age, I think we like, it's so different for us because we've known it, we've heard the story. But then there's come a time in our life where we think that we can do things on our own and we think that we can do all these things. And then God's like, no, like, I remember, I remember one time I was, I went to this Bible retreat and I, and now mind you, I don't know if this is what this song is about. Um, but you know, three days grace, you know, oh, yeah. the, and the song animal I've, I've become, mm-hmm. I was coming home from this retreat that I had gone to. I was young. I was like, 17 or 18 years old i was coming home from this retreat and i had my headphones in on my ipod and i was listening to that song and it started to make me think about like the animal that i've become like all the sin all the lust all the stuff that i was doing and like and that was what i was when i was listening to that song that's what i was thinking about i was like bro like this is not who i'm supposed to be this isn't who i was meant to be like look at all the stuff the pornography the having sex before marriage, all these different things that I was doing. And then I was just like, oh, well, everybody does it. Everybody does it. It doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. You know, and especially like, and you talk about it in your music, like pornography. Like, bro, like I'm, you know, like that's a huge thing. And and you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. And, and my thought process is that, you know, if you talk about alcoholism, right, and you talk about sobriety from alcoholism or from drugs, people like, it's more understood, right? But if you start talking about like sobriety from pornography addiction, people are like, "Oh, dude, pornography's not bad, bro. That's just like normal life, bro. If you don't, if you don't watch porn, you're not a man." It's an addiction <laughs> and, too. Yeah, you know. And that was like I remember for a, a long time, like that was a huge thing for me in the Marine Corps because like I didn't for a long period of time I didn't watch porn. I was clean from porn for like three years, and. I would tell people like people would be like, Oh dude, you see this? And I'd be like, no, I don't watch pornography. And then they would make fun of me for it. And I was like, okay, like whatever. And then there was a time where, (laughs) yeah. And then there was a time period where I actually went back um, and I hid it from my wife for a long time and she didn't know about it. And then I had, I had told her about it. Um, And now I'm, it's been a year and a half, I think since I've looked at pornography or anything like that. And it's just like, and like, but it's, but that it's such a, I don't want to say it's such a hard, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it's a harder thing, but it's like, people don't look at it like that's an addiction. Like they're like, mm. oh no, but it is like, dude, there's people like, bro, like just like you drink five, six, seven, eight, nine times a day, bro. There's people who watch videos five, six, seven, eight, nine times a day. And you know, yeah. and like they can't function without it and stuff like that. Like Terry Crews talked about it. You know, like there's, yep. you know, and that's, and that's the thing too, is that like, there's one, there isn't one lesser addiction or one more addiction like there. And that's the thing is that at the end of the day, we all need help and we're always trying to fill this void and we're not, 
and we don't realize that there's only one way to fill that void. There so, are plenty of things in the world that can leave you broken. Plenty amen. things. Amen. So before this ends, we got like 10 minutes left before Instagram will hack, drop us off. What am I supposed to expect about Ghost? Because I'm excited. We got like two hours and 10 minutes till I can listen to it. What am I looking forward to? Um, like is because fancy you just that was crazy. It's, that it's was not so like random. OK, <laughs> so we're kind of going like this is more into the heavier um, enemy type vibes. OK, uh, we're, we're talking about I mean, there's there's like a balance, you know, of like faith, but also just completely feeling invisible, like like mm. a ghost. And I think that's something that everyone has felt everyone has felt invisible and alone and lost and so i, I rap about some of that stuff um s some of it is similar i tell different stories um, of struggles some new stories um some interesting uh i tell a story about being catfished um <laughs> i tell I do the first song on there. I, I rap about the dad jokes and how upset people get. Um, I did a little sample like of one of my verses uh, a few weeks back, but I have a song about how upset people get about my fake dad joke videos. Um, so that's like, I started, that's the intro track is called what, what, you know. Um, and that's kind of like the fun opener kind of like um, preview was. Mm. And then I kind of, dive into some other things but yeah so this is heavier it's all hip-hop it's all produced by anabolic beats so it's that mm. you know classic hip-hop vibes there's a lot of um, when i sent the course to godina he said so you had um nate dog in the studio huh <laughs> so there's Yo. there's some like some of that old classic west coast okay I'm excited, bro. In there. Yeah, thank you. It's, yeah, I'm, it's, yeah, man. it's a monster project. Uh, a lot of Yo, cool I just want to... Yeah, I'm excited, bro. So shout thank out you. to Gray the Bushy. Um, Gray Man the Bushy for... He said he's a month sober right now. That's Congrats. awesome. Um, That's huge. Yeah. An, another Hardest one of my beginning. buddies... Yeah, my another one of my buddies, Benny. Um, he goes by Benny too. He has a podcast so, called Sober Talks with Benny. He just hit a year on uh, being sober. So, mm -hmm. you know, just yeah. uh, it's it's awesome. And that's the thing about it, man, is that like I've realized too when I do see people, and I've I've been this person. You know, when I see someone who's not drinking, I'm like, oh, why aren't you drinking? And it's like, bro, it's not my business. It is not my business yeah. <laughs> to ask somebody why they aren't doing something. Like if. You know, and, and that's something that I would definitely urge people like, hey, listen, if you're out somewhere and you're hanging out with friends, it's not your business. Why somebody decided to not drink tonight? Like that's on them. Um, they, need maybe... to, they need to not drink. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, um, they're trying to survive is probably yeah, why. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, too, is that like because another one, you know, what a last thought. Like I have a very good friend of mine. I'm not going to mention his name, but. His father is a his my father and mother are massive alcoholics, and to the point where they both drink. Like I've known them for fifteen years, and in the fifteen years that I've known them, I've never seen either of them drink less than three bottles of wine a day. Like they polish off three bottles of wine no matter what, and that's just it before they get to anything else. Yeah. Um, and he used to be the same way. He used to chug bottles of vodka, you know, mm -hmm. just to just to chill with us. And then his old, and then his other brother 
he was for a long time he was a huge alcoholic and then we were hanging out one night and i noticed that like he didn't drink anymore and i was and i thought about it and i was gonna say something and then i was like you know what bro i was like his parents are alcoholics brother's an alcoholic i was like he probably just realized it's my time to stop before i become an alcoholic because like or die i mean yeah ultimately yeah that's the biggest loss is you know you don't you don't live very long and yeah you know i was i was super close and that's that was you know another thing that i keep in mind is like if i drink again i'll probably die you know, mm. like it's it's a progressive illness. They say you quit for this amount of time, you'll pick up right where you left off, and mm. you know you you just continue down a dark dark path, and maybe you'll make it, but maybe you won't. So, mm. so let's just not travel on the path anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, there are tons of things you can you can find to leave you broken there's one thing you can find that will fix all that. And I know what that is, but Amen, I know not brother. everyone believes in that, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I hope Amen. they find, I hope they find the real truth and what they need to, to live a good life and to feel loved and to do things that, you know, Amen. they feel prosperous in and that they can help others. So Amen. that that's what I wish for, for you too, Benny. Thank you, sir. I appreciate whatever you're going through. Praying for you, man. Thank you, bro. Hey, man, I really appreciate that, bro. And I just want to take some time just to thank you um, because I I love the fact that and people have been saying in the comments and I've had this conversation with other people before, man. I love what you do because other people don't do what you do. Like the fact that the fact that you are exposing yourself to people that have no business knowing what you've gone through, where you've been. It just, you know, and, and that's what God calls us to do. Right. And and that's the thing about it is that like, you've gone through this so other people don't have to. So it's an amazing, you know, one, it's a privilege to have you as a friend, but it's awesome to know what you do and why you do it because mm-hmm. you're trying to like, let people know like, Hey, bro, I've been there. You don't need to go there. Like I've been down that road. It, it just ends at a stop sign. There's nothing else past that. Like, you don't got to go down that road. Like, just turn True. back now. Like, <laughs> like just don't waste your gas money. Don't waste your gas. Gas prices are crazy right now. Like, you don't <laughs> got to go waste your time traveling, bro. I got you. Just stay. And and I love it because you share it in, in such a unique way that, you know, you're not pushy. You're not pushing people towards this one thing you're not saying hey listen you got to go do this no you're just sharing your story and that's how by sharing your story that's how people come to know what the truth is because they see it in you they see it in your wife they see it in what you're doing and then eventually they're like yo what's so different about the cure like yo what's so different about this what's so different about this and 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 i just want to thank you man because everything you guys are doing you space force tmr like what you guys are doing as a group, as friends, as family, like it's just, it's life changing, man. And I just want to thank you for that. Thank you. Hey, all, all glory to the one who saved me and left me with amazing stories. And I truly feel like this is my, my second shot at life. And, you know, I'm just Amen. blessed to, to be here and to be able to share my struggles with everybody. So, I mean, this is, Amen. this is like a freebie. I should have been gone. Yeah. So. <laughs> Amen. Just, well, I'm, thank I'm God. Thank God yeah. you're not, bro. Thank yeah. God you're not. Agreed. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, hey, have a good rest of the night. 
I'm gonna be That's back it. in two hours, you know, doing a live reaction to your amazing album. So Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm excited. So I appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks so much for the support. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I hope you all enjoy the album. Ghost drops in two hours and three in three minutes. minutes. Ah! <laughs> all right, brother. Have, have a, a good rest night, of the night, man. man. I'll you talk too. to you, bro. All right, sounds good.